Hi, I'm Vanessa, a birth and postpartum doula, the modern doula. It takes a village to raise a child, and we built a village for you. In this podcast, we bring together leading obstetricians, mums, midwives, and more to empower you through every stage of your journey. Let us together develop a personalized approach that embraces the fact that no birth is the same. Each mother and baby's journey are unique and special in their own way. Hi guys, in this episode I chat to Anne and Laura from Hatch Physiotherapy. Anne and Laura are the founders of Hatch Physiotherapy. They are passionate about all things pre and postnatal. They believe in proactive evidence-based healthcare to avoid preventable birth trauma. In this episode, we discuss the benefits of doing pelvic floor exercises, perineal massage, when to reach out to your pelvic floor physios, the importance of seeing a pelvic floor physio, how important your pelvic floor exercises are, and so much more. Stay tuned. Hey girls, how hey, are you? Vanessa. Hey Vanessa, welcome. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having us. Yes, so tell us, yes. tell us listeners about a little bit what you guys do as women's health physios. You go first, Anne. Yeah, well, uh, you've worked with us for quite some time now. Yes. So, um, but for the listeners out there, basically we um, do a little bit more than your standard physiotherapist. We yes. check pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. We check abdominals. Yeah. Uh, we manage things like incontinence issues. Yes, and which we'll cover a lot later. Yes. And um, we also do the musculoskeletal stuff. So we check hips, we check legs, yep. necks, wrists. So is this something that people would contact you prior to pregnancy, during pregnancy and post? Like where would someone, and I know you'd probably say, just contact me from the get-go, where would someone start? Like do you think that people are coming to you and like, oh, you know, holy shit, yep, I'm pregnant now, I've got to see a physio? Or do you think people are being proactive in coming in to the space? I think it's changing. Okay. The space is changing a lot. Okay. I think it's probably of the clients that we see people are coming in more reactive where they've started to get symptoms or they've started, yeah, to experience some aches and pains or something like that. Um, And then there's the other half who have potentially had a friend who's maybe not had a great birth or who's had a great experience and said it was all thanks to my physio. Or you've got a doula Um, and says come see Or they've got a modern doula. Um, Or, uh, yeah, they've seen, like, lots of stuff in the media around it and especially there's been so much recently, um, yeah, that they kind of just want to come in and be proactive. Do you think, though, that it was, like, look back, say, when you first stepped into your career that people were coming post more than they were pre, like for issues after birth or like where do you think that the timeline sort of changed of where they would contact you? I still think it's always been pretty split. Like I'd say lots of people do come afterwards yeah for sure and especially if they've been seen in hospital after birth immediately by a physio that then they're yeah chasing up through physio yeah um often something's potentially needs a little bit of fixing after birth or just a little bit of rehab. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, probably probably still more the both the during and the post, yeah. but still always reactive that something's happened. What made you go into this streamlined part of physio? <laughs> uh, I, think, I think I've always 
been kind of really had a keen interest in like pregnancy and postpartum. Yeah. Like I started in a musk, more of a general general musculoskeletal clinic, seeing your back, seeing your knees. Yeah. And I probably, when pregnant patients did come in for more like hip pain and things like that, I probably did have such an interest in that. Yeah. Um, and I recognised that and then went to move into more of a, that particular women's health role um, and which is where I met Anne. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, here we are today with our own business. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. And so tell me what made you. So um, for me, I have always loved babies and children. Um, <laughs> and I started working at the Sydney Children's Hospital and I I don't know if I was just too young, but I just found it so sad. Okay. Uh, every day I was crying with these sick children and um, I just didn't cope. Yeah. So then I ended up going the complete opposite direction and working in elite rugby, running onto the footy field. <laughs> no way. Yeah, a wall of hundred and something kilo <laughs> men walking towards me and I've got someone there with a concussion. I'm going, mm, I'm probably going to join them with a concussion. <laughs> Um, oh, that was a whole other totally yeah. other side of the spectrum, and then I found the middle ground, <laughs> which was women's health physio, and I've never looked back. I okay. love it. Yeah, um, probably the the real. I guess kicker for me was when my friends started to have kids, and they would yeah. ask me questions about their pelvic floor and in physio. You learn a lot about the human body. You learn yeah. about. Um, all of the the muscles, the bones, the nerves, yeah. uh, but pelvic floor is in some courses. It, well, it was looked into in our course, but it was a little bit skipped over. Yeah. So I didn't know the answer to their questions. Okay. And so I realised I needed to learn more to yeah. be able to help them. So um, then I it opened a whole world for me, and now <laughs> I'm pregnant myself. So yes. it's great. I've been able to apply um, all the things that I've learned. And yeah. it's so interesting. I find that until you're pregnant mm. or you're going on this journey, then yes. you go, oh, I need to connect within my body yeah. Yeah. or know what, like, I never looked at pelvic floor before children. Yeah, it's a black hole. Yeah, <laughs> like, I just never yeah. thought of what to, you know, like you hear about you sitting in the car and you need to, you know, engage your pelvic I never did that. Like it's just something that, I don't know, we're never taught. As well, people just think like, squeeze, 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 but that's not necessarily the case. Yes, so tell me, what do we do? <laughs> or you get women saying, oh, darling, I'm not getting on the floor and doing pelvic ex- exercises. No, 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 that's not what a pelvic so, floor is. <laughs> like obviously when women have had babies or even during pregnancy you can get incontinence, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So what would you tell, like, you, to the listeners out there now yeah. that yeah. are sitting in their car or at home feeding a bubba, what do they do to engage or to help with pelvic floor? Well, we might talk about um, my magic trick pelvic floor exercise in a second. Okay. But do you want to, Laura, go over? We're chatting in the car on the way here. <laughs> <laughs> <Can't Yes>. <laughs> uh, um, I think, like, when you talk about it with people experiencing continence, like the stats yeah. are, like, one in three people postpartum. Yes. Yeah, so when... I very first met Anne. She yep. told me this statistic. Yeah. Scared the living daylights out of me about what happens with women with incontinence and aged care. And I was like, what? So tell us about it. I think, like, it's a bit of a passion project in a way because I find, like, yeah. we meet so many people along the way and even people like my mum's age and stuff like that where yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, like I leak when I sneeze and I cough. And it's like that's not – that's – not common, normal. but not normal. Yeah, common but not normal. Like it shouldn't have to be that no. way. Yeah. And the fact that it is just such a considered part of pregnancy and it's something that you just have to deal with to life. is just like 
yeah, yeah. something that we're like really keen on trying to change I that know, messaging. I when you see like you do like your pump classes or you you know trampoline they're classes and you're like going, I can't do those no, things because I'm just going gonna... to the gym because they're going to leak. Like it becomes a, this cycle. Yeah, and then you put on weight maybe, and then it puts more pressure on your pelvic floor, so you leak more and. I mean, we can break that cycle. It's really easy oh, to break just, that cycle. Yeah, but when she was telling me about this statistic, one in three. Yeah. So tell us the statistic. It's one in three. People postpartum will experience some form of urinary incontinence and that could be that they're busting for the toilet and they don't quite make it there on time yep. or it could be under moments of physical stress, whether that be jumping, running, trampoline, sneezing. sneezing, coughing. I mean, my fun fact is always when you gener- when you sneeze and cough, you generate more internal abdominal pressure than picking a 20-kilogram weight up off the ground. Really? And you yeah. never pick up a weight off the ground that heavy without actually thinking, what's your posture like? Where's your back at? Yeah. But you sneeze and you cough and you immediately do that. And let, let alone <laughs> in pregnancy, you've got extra weight above uterus fluid. Yeah, yeah. That's just so much more weight down onto the pelvic floor. Yeah. Okay, so for women that are experiencing <laughs> yeah, yeah. this, <laughs> what's the can it be fixed? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. well, that's a that's a good, you know, like, but is it like get onto ASAP or like women that are 10, 18, even 18 years, can you sort of help with, wow. Yeah, like it's a muscle at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, if even there's children, other injuries and things anyway. like that, potentially there's yeah. other contributing factors. Mm. Yeah. But if it's purely just muscle weakness through the pelvic floor, yeah. it's a muscle like your calf, like your quads yeah. that you can make stronger. And I think people don't understand and obviously when I've b- worked with birthing women and obviously referring to you guys is that they think if I've had a vaginal birth yeah. that I will get con- incontinence. But they don't realise no matter which way you birth. Yeah. But also the flip side, people yeah. who have C-sections think, oh, that's fine, my pelvic floor's fine. Yeah. But you've been pregnant for nine months. You yeah, and you've yeah. carried yeah. something. What we call the creep, which I'm starting to feel now at <laughs> 35 and a half weeks pregnant. Yeah. You really feel, we call it the, the creep of the, the tissue, the fascia and the pelvic floor. Yeah. Uh, regardless of whether you have a cesarean birth, small baby, big baby, you still get that nine month. Yeah, because you've never carried yeah, something creep. in that, you know, like exactly. it's a whole. And it's like the, the aches and pakes that you get yes. like initially, like your first pregnancy, like every how many times do I refer to you guys? Yeah. With people that have pelvic girdle pain. Yeah. Like yes. it's just like it almost catches you in your like, yeah. You're like, what is this pain on this side? What's going on here? And then and then when you get later on, you get lightning crutch, which is not not fun. Which I can say the treatments work because I have been experiencing pelvic girdle pain and I just do my own treatments and they actually work. Like okay. they get you through the night. You wake up in the night and you think, oh, I'm so achy. I'll do my, I'm not going to get up at 2 a.m., but I'll do my glute exercises tomorrow and yeah. or I'll do my adductor release or whatever the treatment is um, that I need to do. And the next night, sleep like a, a baby. Yeah. Like I really am sleeping quite well. Yeah, wow. Um, but there have been moments where I've gone, I can see how this could become problematic for someone who didn't know how to support their pelvis I remember when I was with my first I was I had gone for a massage so I don't know if this had triggered it so I had gone for a beautiful two-hour massage it was like boys sounds relaxing it is but also you have to get up and go to the toilet when you're pregnant at two hours is not so great so anyway I remember I was walking in a shopping center and out of nowhere it just hit me yeah and I was like oh my goodness 
what is happening right now, this pain. And it was just like it stops you. Like it literally is like it feels like, sorry, there's a a knife knife up your vagina. Like it is just that kind of like ouch. Yeah. Like what is this? Yeah. And you're like, is there a baby like right there right now? What is going on? But it's so interesting because before that, like you just wouldn't know to look or research or to understand what is happening, and obviously until it happens, but I'm all about education. <clears throat> but one thing I do want to ask you guys before we talk about pelvic floor exercises mm. is that I constantly refer to you guys. Yep, thank you. <laughs> um, and when I do, where it all started for me is looking at your pelvic floor for birth, mm-hmm. right? So we're yep. looking and we're aiming for a, a vaginal birth. Yep. And obviously I've been in the birth space quite a lot. And understand sure. how your body works, yeah. right? So I understand. So I would refer to you guys for my clients to have an assessment, mm-hmm. right? Can you explain to the listeners why I would do that and what you would look for when it comes to childbirth? Yeah. yeah. So when we're performing a pelvic floor assessment, yeah. the best way in the gold standard assessment is via an internal assessment. Okay. So obviously that's one hurdle and a hurdle requirement, um, but it's going to give us the most amount of information to be able to help women have the best birthing experience. Okay. What we look for in assessment is what's the strength of the muscle? Okay. What's the endurance of that muscle? And obviously looking at how is that muscle going through pregnancy? Have you been getting leakage? Things like that. What we're really looking at as well is how well does that muscle relax? Like in order for bub to come out, you need to help that muscle relax. So there's like this thing where people would say tight means good, right? Yeah. Tight does not necessarily yes. mean. Tight <laughs> yeah. doesn't mean strong and tight doesn't mean good. Which yeah. is all confusing, guys. Yeah. Like, tightness yeah. is very confusing. In fact, I would go as far as saying tightness equals weakness. Yeah. Like if your pelvic floor or any muscle, like upper traps, any muscle in your body, if it's that tight, yeah. it's gripping on for dear life. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. It's because something around it is not helping out, not yeah. doing its job. Yeah. And I yeah. always say, like, if you imagine a bicep curl, because, again, your pelvic floor is hard to visualise. Yeah. If someone was doing a bicep curl. I love it, physio talk, right? Like, everyone <laughs> exercises. Yeah, not exactly. everyone exercises. Everyone's doing like, curls. And, and what is this? Like, it's not <laughs> happening, right? Yeah. Like, imagine you're doing a bicep curl, but you're only ever working in that upper range. Okay. Yes. And then you come across, like, a big, heavy thing that you want to lift, and you're then expecting that muscle that's already tired yep. to be able to lift something that's 20 kilograms. It's not really going to be able to do it. Right. Which is why... Tight muscle doesn't mean the strong muscle. Okay. So then when you're looking at that. Yep. So obviously you re- like you report back to you. You report back yep. to me and the patient. So there are certain things that people would say, yes, I can release yep. or I can, I find that the physio says I can release when I'm on my back or when I'm on my own floors or what, mm. what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's. You know your stuff. And <laughs> you've been listening. <laughs> it's basically trying to work out like. For that. <laughs> another part of our assessment is. Almost simulating having a bowel motion, which seems really weird and often people are like, why are you asking me to do that whilst yeah. you're assessing? Yes. But often people push incorrectly. Like okay. if you think you're on the toilet and you're you're a little bit constipated and you're trying to push, yep. often you tense like your abs and stuff to generate more pressure. Right. But what you're doing in that moment is tensing your so pelvic floor. Because I'm like doing this right now. I'm like, everyone does. Everyone does. <laughs> you tense your pelvic floor, yes. which is essentially shutting the front door. Yeah. So then we're trying to assess, like, in that moment, okay. are you able to actually create, a battle. create that more downward 
push, right. which obviously is then necessary in birth. Right, right. And to talk to that relaxation inefficient. side. It's inefficient. Exactly. Yeah. And not, yeah. not to scare people, but during birth, your pelvic floor gets stretched 2.7 times its resting length, which is a lot. Jeez. <laughs> okay. A car. We're pretty amazing. We are amazing, right? That's so amazing. But like your calf or your hamstring, like any other muscle in the body, I could just listen to physio facts all day. Okay, (laughs) it's very scary but insightful. Um, Yeah, they would. And as young women, when you're learning this at school, like at uni, do you just go, "Oh my god"? Yeah, it makes you want to cross your legs together a little bit. (laughs) 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 Yeah, we're all there. Oh my goodness. Okay, so okay, so then obviously. Well, it's different when you've got doula in the space and yep. I understand how your pelvic yep. floor looks. But for women that do not have a doula mm-hmm. or, um, and they've got their partner, how would they then use that within the space when they know that there are certain movements within labour mm. that we can relax or not relax the pelvic floor? From a pushing perspective? Or even just helping position with dilation, all that. Can I just preface this by saying Vanessa is the expert? Yes. We were discussing discussing this in the car on the way here, just thinking about how valuable it it is to have you in that birth space because you'll go, okay, peanut ball, okay, this position, okay, Okay, these are the (laughs) limits you can go to for, for example, if you have an epidural and you can't walk around, you can go, well, sideline peanut ball. I use a peanut because everyone says to me. That's like physio's dream. Yes, please. (laughs) Save that pelvic floor. Well, it's funny. Yeah, well, we know and we know that women will come and see you that. You know, or if they don't have a doula, but what to do in that space. And yes, mm. we know movement is a key yep. in birth space. Yep. We know that if you get an epidural, people just think, oh, I'm just going to lay on my back. And mm. I always say to my clients, not what you want to do. It's not what I'm going to be Please doing. Yes you, can, <laughs> yes, you can rest yep. while having an epidural, mm. but I actually move you every half an hour, meaning opening that pelvic outlet using a peanut ball, which I can use and we'll discuss in another episode. How to use movement and peanut balls and all balls and everything. It's like inflatable world when it comes to me (laughs) (laughs) and that space. But it's about using how to work with your body. And so obviously if you're not at home, if you're birthing at home, it's just still mimic that pelvic outlet to get baby down. It's like there's a famous like TikTok Dog, yes. Yeah, yeah. Or Instagram real where they feel that if you pull your legs completely out, that is going to help baby descend, right? Mm. Does it? Like if you've got your knees it, spread. Yes. Well, actually, <laughs> if you bring your knees a little bit more together, if, for example, in an all fours or sideline position, yeah. then it actually opens up That's right. the pelvis more. So you think visually looking at yourself, I'm yes. going to open my legs. Correct. Thinking this is what's going that's to happen. What's also, what a, yeah, it's all over Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood has a lot to answer to when it comes like to childbirth. The moment yeah. labor starts, we've got to get to the hospital. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it doesn't work like that. But yeah. obviously, opening—you've got to actually know. And that's why I always say knowledge is the biggest key when it comes yeah. to pre, post, even now. Like I'm past that journey. But to know what works with my body. Like it's so, I think you get to an age too that you then become really health conscious. Hi, this is Chemist Warehouse Pick of the Week. Today I'm talking about the New Beginnings Ultra Thin Bamboo Nursing Pads. 
They're so comfortable. I used to wear them all the time. Best thing about it, they're double adhesive, keeps you super dry during the day, which is awesome. Especially, you actually forget that you're wearing them, to be honest. It's one big thing that you need to either pack in your hospital bag, have them always on you. Super easy to slip in a nappy bag or in your handbag. For sure. And I mean, something so small and simple can change the trajectory of your life. We were talking earlier, Laura, about your your mum's generation and all yeah. of our parents' generation. Yeah. So um, just another one, I think this is maybe one of the facts that I threw at you, <laughs> Vanessa. Oh, yeah. But one in four women in Australia are going to nursing homes early because of pelvic floor incontinence. Yes, that was And like- no other reason. Like imagine being in that age group where your mind is fine, you're wanting to hang out with, the lads and the ladies <laughs> and your pelvic you, you're completely incontinent and the the number one factor is education so they don't know that they can just do a few pelvic floor squeezes we can do some fantastic things with the tens machine if you don't want to get your pelvic floor yes. checked internally Love a tens. we have many functions. options we don't yeah. even have to do an internal to check your pelvic floor but at least finding out what is your pelvic floor what yeah. is your pelvic floor like because i would have a different pelvic floor to you who would have a different pelvic floor to someone else yeah I've been a very active person very sporty I probably I mean I probably now have a bit of an overactive pelvic floor I've done a lot of work to make sure it's not overactive yeah but if I just do these simple things then it means that when I'm when I hit menopause and my muscle quality isn't as soft and spongy then hopefully it means that I won't wet myself if I try and run after my 10-year-old. Yeah. Well, it, that statistic when you told me, I was like, geez. Yeah. Like, one, like it's one in four. We just and need one extra. So it's simple. like one of us is just, All yeah. we need to do is maybe a little bit of perineal massage from 35 weeks. And I, we off, obviously there's lots about that in mm. socials and mm. knowing about that. What's the benefit of it? Well, <laughs> we could I talk know, all day. Yeah, I know, but also, it's also Love very it. uncomfortable. Like you've got to think if you've got a big belly, and then when the time that you can start to do, do or get the okay yeah. from your healthcare provider, the belly is big. To, yeah, to get there, logistically, and like people, when I mention it, people look at me like, "How do I get there? Like what happens?" It's doable. Yeah. It's a job to demonstrate. <laughs> I mean, you should be starting, so yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think what I mean, what I find gets people over the line is often they're like, oh, you know, I've heard about perineal massage. Does it do anything? Yeah. Is it worth me doing it? And I'm like, just give them the cold hard facts that by doing perineal massage, you reduce your risk of having a severe perineal tear, which is okay. a third or fourth degree, by 64%. Jeez. And you reduce mm-hmm. your risk of needing an episiotomy by 21%. Jeez. Like, I feel like it speaks for itself. And in terms of the logistics, you need to be doing it sort of five, ten minutes twice a week from okay. 35 weeks onwards. So it's not a It's thing. not like no, you have to be it's like. It's not arduous. No. I okay. can tell you firsthand. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> 35 weeks, I've just started. So okay. it's fine. Yeah. Right. So yeah. what do, do people look at you going, oh, I don't know if I can, I feel comfortable doing that? We often suggest trying it for the first time at one of your appointments with the physio so we can explain sort of what that process is what it should be feeling like and obviously how to replicate it at home Mm. um yeah because it's not necessarily the most comfortable experience in a sense um but it is a bit of a stretching feeling it shouldn't be painful but it's more of 
a stretching feeling. Okay. It's almost like if you're massaging your, your upper traps or massaging a muscle, you want it to be a strong. If you haven't been to a physio, then uh, <laughs> it's not your two-hour relaxation it's, it's massage. Not a relaxation okay, okay. massage. You want it to be doing something. So you yeah. want it to be quite firm pressure, but it doesn't have to be – it's not meant to be painful because you don't want your muscles to then go into spasm and go, oh, no, protect, that's too much. Yeah, yeah. The other thing, one of my patients this week was really tight on one side of her pelvic floor but not the other. So, for example, wow. I've given okay. her exercises uh, – so perineal massage, sorry – to focus on one particular side and no one's perfectly symmetrical, particularly if you're really one side dominant. So that's why it is good to get your pelvic floor checked so you know what your pelvic floor is doing. But, I mean, you can just start regardless. Yeah. There's no harm in trying. I'm going to ask a question about an epi and a pelvic floor. What is your thoughts on... An epidural. An epidural when it comes to pelvic floor. I think you've got to pick your person. Yes, I agree. Um... From a pain perspective, I feel like I'd be putting my hand up for an epidural. Yes, me too. Um, but I think the timing of it, yeah. and obviously, again, while you're like you're so valuable in that birth space, yeah. is to know if when. someone is has a history of that overactive pelvic floor yeah. struggling yes. to relax, that they potentially are going to need that to understand it. Yeah, yeah. So, and I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it, and I've had women that have had an assessment by you guys yep. and then we know that they had a very tight pelvic floor. And so what I had noticed when we were in that space, working like a champ, like they were at breath work, everything was amazing. We were, but in between a contraction, mm-hmm. what we noticed is that she would say to me, I can't release this pelvic floor. Wow. She, so she knew. Yeah. Obviously with work with you guys, knowing when to turn it on and off and all those sorts of things which will give it the girl, the listeners, an example of what to do. But so she knew very much her breath work was amazing. So what we looked at is that she couldn't let go. She would say to me, Vanessa, I'm fine, the pain is fine. What I can't do is I'm holding on. Like she could, and everyone, as if everyone could see me, but (laughs) I'm like literally it was like as if she was holding up on a hammock. Like it was just she could not release that. Knowing that I knew from the assessment from you guys, she was already, we had the chats about an epidural and we knew, we talked about it, we understood the benefits, we got her moving as much as we could to a certain stage when she knew that she's like, I'm holding always and I'm not letting go and we got an epidural on board. Not the fact that she was, like she was working at a chair, but we used it as a birth tool. Yep. I got her an epidural 45 minutes later, she was full fully dilated and that's because we knew that we got her to a certain point to almost active labor yep and then all of a sudden that epidural when you were talking about going to the toilet to me it was like her sitting on the toilet just going Mm -hmm. and all those muscles are released and then baby's just gone boom into that birth canal and it's worked yeah but obviously with that assessment me knowing that 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 baby was sitting like it was like almost like a hammock of muscles yes and that's what it is yep yep is helping baby to come through and I know that there's such a stigma when it comes to epis when it comes to birth but we knew what worked for her she got her vaginal birth she didn't have an an episiotomy yes she got everything that she wanted yeah but obviously we know looking on socials, mm. epis have a stigma. Yeah. And but we used it to work with what she wanted, which was a vaginal birth. Yep. Right. And 
I mean, that's the whole point, right? It's patient-centred care and every, every birth is always going to be different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think what, what we realise is in birth is that women have a choice, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So she knew, she understands, she had a team. She knew how her body was working. And I think that that's important going into that space. Like, yeah. you're pregnant now. Yes, you have the knowledge of being a physio. Yes. But... What a difference of obviously even your aches and pains to understand yeah. going into that space is different mindset for not understanding the process of birth. And I think from a mental health perspective, I think knowing everything that I know, particularly some things that I've learned from you that I've, <laughs> I've dragged out of you <laughs> over, over, over conversations the over last the phone. year or so that yeah. we've worked together, a year and a half maybe. Um, but I think I feel quite relaxed going into this birth. Yeah. Um, I feel like my body's really capable and a lot of people might think that, oh, she's a women's health physio, she's going for a caesarean. When I spoke to my obstetrician and I said, I want to try for a vaginal birth, yeah. um, he said, well, I'm surprised. I thought you'd go for a caesarean because you just didn't want to even think about um, about what could happen to your pelvic floor. But yeah. I feel like it's something that I'm going to give a go yeah. and the reason I'm doing that is because I'm doing all of the things and absolutely I'll be jumping straight on that uh, epidural bandwagon, <laughs> uh, except except I will do it late, I think. Yeah. And, and I've done a lot of research. My best yeah. friend's an obstetrician as well, so we've had lengthy chats about, yeah. about this. Um, and I think it's a really important conversation to have because babies are bigger because we're nourished quite well compared yeah. to 100 years ago. Yeah. So the babies these days are quite so pelvic outlet. Large pelvic outlet is not bigger. Yeah. And women of this generation and for sure future generations are a lot more active. So what does that mean? It means that our pelvic floors are overactive. Yeah. Not everyone. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely not everyone. But if you've been a really sporty person, there is a chance that your pelvic floor, just by way of reacting to ground reaction forces, yeah can become a little bit over overactive because it's used to reacting, yeah. um, myself included. But it's something that is really easily fixed. Yeah. What do you find postpartum? Like obviously there's the incontinence, but what do you think? There's an, an emotional level of when it comes, well, like women are coming to see you because they've got this issue of incontinence or they're embarrassed about it or... And kind of going, what has happened? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I think that there's still a lot of women aren't prioritising their own bodies. Yeah. Um, and obviously you've got this baby that you need to look after and, and I'm pregnant with my first so I haven't experienced that yet. I will soon. But I imagine that because you get to your six-week postpartum mark, yeah. you've got Bob's vaccines, you've got your obstetrician appointment. You can yeah. tell me yeah. more about that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. um, but I imagine that it's just down the list. But we've got this golden window. It's not even discussed. So even with yeah. people that are going in the public sector and they see their oh, GP yeah. and they get the okay, it's never, you're not told to go see your pelvic floor physio. It's not a standard. It's not a standard where it should be a bloody standard. Do you want to know something like it, crazy? Yeah. I met a lady the other day in her 60s and she said, yep, I gave birth at the Mercy. Two days after I gave birth, the physio came in and said, we're doing our exercise, our pelvic floor exercises wow. together. And I just went, 
Where? Why is that not happening now? Why is that? Why is that not standard treatment? If we lived in France, you would get twelve <clears throat> free women's health physio sessions after you gave birth. Really, twelve, just paid for. Okay, um, <laughs> <laughs> that would be the dream. <laughs> but but the reason it's so important is because particularly in that first sort of twelve weeks postpartum, whether yeah. it be a vaginal or a cesarean birth. Yeah. Um, there's this golden window of tissue remodeling where your body's laying down so much collagen. Yeah. You want that collagen to heal in that functional position, yeah. not that pushed down position. Because everything obviously sits so low after birth and women will say, oh, my goodness, I just feel so low and heavy down there. Yeah. Obviously it takes time for yeah. it to heal and everything yeah. to go. Because, yes, we have incontinence, but when women have prolapses, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's and I still don't see or hear that I went and saw a physio. Like it's just missed. Why? Why? (laughs) Yes. I I really hope that it's changing and I think... I think it will, and there's a lot in the media, as I said before, around birth injury and things like that. And as Anne said, like Australia's a little bit behind compared to the rest of the world. I mean, we, all our patients, we encourage to be seen sort of two weeks postpartum as a check-in, whether that be on the phone or in person, to just see how everything's going and then that six-week in-person more thorough follow-up because there's so much in that postpartum window that you can be doing which can be as simple as actually like trying to lie down and give yourself a rest because you're offloading that pelvic floor muscle. Take the gravity off. Taking gravity away. Like it's it's amazing that, you know, in sport and things, Anne and I are both sport buffs as physios, like if – if someone got injured, comes in hand in hand, right? The physio and the sport. A little bit, yeah. Like <laughs> it's like a bit do. of a criteria when you're, yeah, do, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> like if you're, if someone rolled their ankle, if someone had surgery or something on the yeah. shoulder, like your rehab would be such a focus. Yeah. But birth isn't seen in that same light that you should just bounce back, but it's it's not, and it's like the biggest like. Even people that are not sporty, what do yeah. they say? It's like you running, like, how many marathons? Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, and it's not given. Like, it's not. Like, if you were to run or train for a marathon, you have this team. Yeah. Like, three months of training at least together. Yeah. But you don't have it when it comes to birth. No. Well, we're hoping we're changing, we're changing. this, right? So, but what I want to, and I will have you guys on again and we can do yeah. all the exercises, but today I want you to give. Yes. So they, as their mums are sitting in the car on the way to school, on the way home, or sitting on the couch feeding a bubba. Yeah. Tell them what okay. do they need to do with their pelvic floor. This is your. Okay. <laughs> do we need to practice this right now? Let's practice. Yeah, let's do practice. We do it all together. I okay. think so. <laughs> all right. Go. Okay. So you, I mean, I like to do it in sitting so it's focused. Okay. Um, but if you're really expert at breathing exercises, you're allowed to do it in standing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's put one hand on our lower belly below the belly button and the other hand on your chest. And what we're going to do is we're going to breathe into the hand that's on your lower belly. So we'll start off just with the breathing and then we'll do the pelvic floor lifts afterwards. Okay. Okay. So inhaling and fill your lower belly with air. Exhale. Feel that lower belly come towards your spine. And the reason we've got your hand, so you can continue doing that. Okay. Breathing into that lower belly. And the reason we've got your hand on your chest is for feedback. If you're feeling the hand on your chest rise and fall, then you're not really breathing into your lower belly. You're breathing more into your chest. So really inhale, feel that lower belly with air. 
Exhale, feel that lower belly coming towards your spine. It's a lot harder than you might think for somebody who is, for example, constipated, anxious, or has an overactive pelvic floor. Okay. So this tends to, in my experience, I've I've noticed with my sort of elite athletes, really um, go-go type professions, my lawyer patients, my doctor lawyer patients. patients. <laughs> yeah. I'm stressed. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> the type of personalities that are quite go, 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 yeah. they find it really hard to just slow down and take those big lower belly breaths. Yeah. And I find that having the hand on the chest really helps. I actually learned this exercise from a gastroenterologist. So, okay. And it works. The other reason why this exercise can be good is because it can bring on that peristalsic bowel movement. So if you okay. are finding yourself a little bit constipated in pregnancy, it can get that bowel going, uh, which is really, really helpful. Okay. Okay, now we bring in the pelvic floor lift. Okay. Okay, so we're going to do big lower belly breath. Fill that lower belly with air. On the exhale, we're going to lift pelvic floor like you're trying to hold on from doing a wee or hold on from passing wind. Inhale, feel everything melt. Let everything expand as though you're filling that pelvis and lower belly with air. And then on the exhale, lift that pelvic floor like you're trying to not pass wind or trying to not do a wee. Feel that lower belly coming to spine. Let's do three more. Inhale. Everything melt and expand. Fill that lower belly with air. Exhale, lift that pelvic floor, hug lower belly to spine. Two more. Inhale, let everything melt. Exhale, lift that pelvic floor, hug lower belly to spine. Lucky last. Inhale, lower belly fills with air. Exhale, lift that pelvic floor, hug lower belly to spine. Okay, so that's the, good. These are the benefits. So tell us. Benefits of this? Yes. So the reason I've got the inhale there yep. and filling the lower belly with air is to help relax yep. that pelvic floor and relax your tummy muscles. We haven't even spoken about tummy muscles yet. Just realised. <laughs> <laughs> we could do another episode. <laughs> yep. Um, so... Bringing the breath, obviously the air stays in your lungs, but allowing those muscles to relax can help to relax your pelvic floor. So if anyone's got an overactive pelvic floor, this is the first step to relaxing that pelvic floor. Okay. But then we also want to make sure that you can switch on your pelvic floor. So that's why we do the pelvic floor lift. So that lifting as though you're trying to not pass wind. So imagine that you're trying to not pass wind or imagine that you're trying to not pass urine is our way of lifting that pelvic floor. Okay. And you can get that checked with your women's health physio to make sure that you're doing the technique properly because a lot of the time women aren't. They're squeezing their bottom muscles, they're squeezing their tummy muscles. But this is just sort of the first step in that direction. Okay. So this is pre and post? Yeah. Little exercise? Every day. Every whole, day. Of your whole life. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so three it's a day. good for everyone. When you're in the car? I like the number five. Five? Yeah, okay. just five. Once a day, five is a good number. Uh, if you do more, great. You get more points. Okay. Yep. I think, yeah, still having that pelvic floor check. Of course. Yes, To get course. that more individualised. But it would be just interesting for the women 
listening yeah, how to be able to do this yes. and knowing, oh, I can't do this. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. cool. So leaves us to if people had to find you, tell yeah. us your website, yeah. Instagram. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We are, we're Hatch Physiotherapy. Um, so we're working out of Epworth Freemasons um, on Victoria Parade. Yes. East Melbourne. Um, yeah. Yes, in East Melbourne. You can find us on Instagram, Hatch Physiotherapy. And our website is www.hatchphysiotherapy.com.au. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much. No, thank you for having us. I look forward to having you back on <laughs> and we'll focus on other things. Thanks. Thank Vanessa. you so much. Thank you. Thanks. All right. This podcast is brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. For more, join our Facebook group, The Modern Doula.